Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Tuesday, November 17th edition of the MMA OB Daily Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Adam Martin, and I'm joined by my co-host here, Cole Shelton, on this Tuesday morning to break down UFC 255. Cole, we finally got a pay-per-view again this weekend from Vegas, and uh, we got lots to talk about with that card, obviously. And, of course, we're going to break down tonight's Game Weights Contender Series. We actually have odds for that, so we'll break down that card, five-fight card tonight. We'll also be recapping um, UFC... Vegas 14 that took place on the weekend, as well as Bellator 240, uh, 252, excuse me, that took place this past week as well. So, got a lot to talk about, Cole. First off, how's it going, man? I know you uh, went on a little vacay. Much deserved, Cole. You've been busting your ass, so you want to talk about that for quickly for, uh, before we start the show here? Yeah, I just went up to Blue Mountain for Saturday night, just get away for a bit, get away from work yeah. and everything. Just It was nice to have a Saturday off and just not worry about the fights. See, like when I okay when I started um, doing MMA ten years ago, right? Like before that, I had normal jobs, so I'd work, you know, nine to five or seven to four, whatever it was, right? Then when I got into MMA, I realized there's no days off; it's just a grind every day, and I love it. I don't think I could do anything else. So I totally know what you're saying, local, because once in a while you do need that break just for your mental sake. And hope you're all prepared for today's show because we've got lots to talk about. Cole, let's jump right into it. I'm going to start with UFC on ESPN. Uh, I should say UFC Vegas 14. Uh, this past weekend's card, we'll recap that first. Let's start with the main event of the evening, Cole. Um, Rafael Zanios defeats Paul Felder. Split decision. That's like I the just, worst scorecard I've ever seen. It has to be one of the worst. I, can, I can't I can think of many worse ones than that. 48-47 Felder doesn't make much sense. I had a 49-46. I scored that fight for uh, RDA over at BJPen.com. I gave him the first three rounds of the fifth round. I gave Felder the fourth round. I don't even see how you can give Felder two rounds. I think I was being generous giving him one round in that fight, personally. So I think 49-46 is a good scorecard. I think 50-45 is also acceptable. A 48-47 scorecard, Cole, it's the kind of scorecard where I feel like the commission really needs to talk to this judge, Chris Lee, and he needs to go over the way he judges fights because he's clearly not understanding the criteria correctly, in my opinion. Um, and also, the, the obnoxious people on Twitter who are like, oh, I don't mind that scorecard. You know, Paul Felder did more off his back and stuff. He was doing stuff, no doubt about it. Are they forgetting with RDA how dominant he was with its positions called? Positional control, moving positions, ground and pound, striking, um, uh, everything. He was just more effective at everything. So I thought it was a horrible scorecard. Thankfully, the right guy won. What do you think of RDA's performance? I know there's a certain website that wants to see him fight for the belt. I'm not so sure about that, Cole, but definitely a top 10 guy at 155. I thought uh, Dan Hooker makes sense. I think you could do that fight. Let's Hooker obviously beat Felder, so they both beat Felder. Both uh, technically split decision wins over Felder. So uh, I think you can do that because I think what obviously the, the way I see the lightweight division is Poirier Connor. I assume Gaethje fights the winner. And then you do Ferguson Chandler. So out of that top five, it kind of leaves Dan Hooker, unless they do Hooker Gaethje, which I wouldn't mind. But I think someone like that, like a Hooker, a Charles Oliveira, a Diego Frajera, I think that makes sense. I don't really care to see the Islam Makachev fight get rebooked. I wasn't really interested yeah. in that fight, anyways. And especially after RDA goes out and beats top 10 guy, I think he's honestly passed Islam. I still think they're going to do that fight, Cole. And the reason I'm saying that is because they've invested so much in that fight. They've booked it twice now. They seem to really like that fight. Also, it, the, they, the reason they made that fight in the first place was because no one wants to fight Islam because he's ranked, I think, 12th right now. But he is probably a top five talent. So you're risking your spot in the rankings to fight a guy who's kind of unknown, but who everyone knows is really good. So RDA is one of the few guys that he, he will literally fight anyone anywhere at any weight class so that's why i respect this guy so much and that's why i respect felder too but i i do think they'll rebook that fight but i think any of the fights you suggest are fine 
Last week I did an article at MA ratings. I, I match made for the division, and that was the fight I suggested, Cole. But really, like those top ten guys, even like maybe top twelve, top fifteen, like the division's so stacked. I love lightweight have for a long time. It's a great division. So I think you can mix and match any of these guys, and you really can't get a bad fight. So I'm totally fine with any of those matchups that you suggested, Cole. Uh, Coming event here, Chaos Williams. I called this one, guys. Boom, there we go. Chaos Williams, first-round knockout, plus 190 dog, Cole. Yes, that felt good. What do you think of that punch, Cole? That, that was insane, man. Uh, he is, like, he's obviously really good because he knocked out Murano and uh, Abdul so quickly but i still have so many questions about him well what's his ground game like what happens if he gets to that second third round is his power still there like the thing is like he just ran through two fighters that he's probably going to get a rank guy or just someone outside the rankings but he's just there's so many questions about him, which makes it so hard to bet on just because yeah. it's like what happens if he fights a wrestler we haven't seen his wrestling or his takedown defense we haven't seen his cardio like he could have terrible cardio behind five minutes but we don't know because he looks so damn impressive in the first 30 seconds. Yeah, this was like a Rumble Johnson-esque knockout. It reminded me of when he knocked out Glover. It was just like that nasty big punch knockout, crazy knockout. I'm a big fan of this guy. Like I said, Cole, this line was nuts, especially after Al Hassan just lost the fight with Lizez. Had he not fought that fight, had he been coming off that layoff, and it was like a two-year layoff, and he hadn't fought since the Eagle Price fight, I probably would have picked him here. But after seeing that fight, the way he performed, and also he missed weight, Cole, too. That was another clue that maybe – you know, his training is not going properly. I don't know what's going on with this guy. Two straight fights, Cole. I don't think they'll cut him because he's always in good fights. But, you know, Cole, if he misses weight, I mean, he's already missed weight twice. At this point, does he move up to middleweight? Because he is a big dude, very muscular, but kind of short too. So he's kind of one of those guys like Hector Lombard where he's kind of in the wrong weight class, I think, a little bit. Anyways, yeah, it was nice to hit that dog, though. The last few weeks, there haven't been many dogs that have cashed. But I've hit, like, almost all the dogs that have won. So, you know, I don't like to brag too much here, but. I've actually been picking the fights pretty good lately. You know, I had a really rough stretch there in the summer when the promotion came back with the UFC in May and June I had some really rough events, but the last month or two Cole has been like smooth sailing, man. And this was a dog I really liked in chaos Williams. And I don't think we're going to get him a plus plus one ninety again, guys. So hopefully he took, took a stab at that one. Cause I'm pretty sure he'll be favored whoever he fights next, unless it's like a really top 10, 15 guy. I do think they'll probably um, uh, shoot him up the ladder a bit Cole, pretty quickly. So he'll probably get like, one of those guys, maybe not ranked in the top 15, but just outside of it. Do you um, know what would be fun? Go ahead. With Nico Price. Yeah, so that'd be a great fight. Why not? That'd be a fun fight. Or uh, if you give him a rank guy, him versus Vicente Luque would be really fun. That'd be good too, but it's just like Vicente's been grinding. Yeah. You know, he deserves someone like actually ranked. So it's one of it's tough. Like it, that's why it's hard to get a ranked opponent. That's why I don't love the rankings in general because guys don't want to fight guys outside them, especially guys like Chaos who are super, super dangerous with massive knockout power that don't have a big name in the sport. So, you know, he seemed like a cool guy. He seemed very respectful too. Like that, I was watching the, the replay a few times. He stopped punching right away as soon as the referee stepped in. So I'd like to see that as well. Definitely, it seems like a really good prospect. Well, next fight, don't off top of this one. Really boring fight. Ashley Yoder versus Mander Ganger. Good call on this one, Cole. I'll go give you credit on this one, picking the dog, but not a very exciting fight, Cole. I think you're gonna agree with me on that. But the next fight, <laughs> they read my tweet on TV, guys. I was pretty sweet. And Brendan Fitzgerald name dropped me. Are you kidding me? That was insane. I felt so good after that. So that felt good because it's like, man, I've been doing this for 10 years. To finally get a little bit of recognition like that feels really good. So that was awesome that Brendan actually read my tweet on TV and said my name, which was so cool. Um, and I said it was going to be one of the best fights tonight. I think it turned out to be cool. Sean Strickland knocking out Brendan Allen in the second round. Performance of the night bonus for this guy. And, and for Williams, I should have mentioned. But Sean Strickland's a serious problem, Cole. He's a serious issue, man. I, I love this guy, Cole. I love everything about Sean Strickland's game. 
the ground game, the striking, the wrestling, um, his attitude, the cardio, everything, Cole. He's so good. Is it time that Sean Strickland gets fast-tracked to the top 15? I think he'd give him top 15 guy. If he wants to make a quick turnaround, Omar Dekmedov still without opponent on that 256 card. I think a month away, Sean Strickland seems like he wants to fight often. He didn't really take much damage in that fight. I think if he wants to fight, I think that's a good matchup. Let's see what happens because – he has pretty good takedown defense. Let's see if Omari can take him down. Let's see if he can finish Omari Ekmanov, who's durable yeah. as hell. Like, yeah. I think it's a good matchup. I like that fight, too. I mean, even Chris Weidman, the guy that uh, just beat Ekmanov, that'd be a good fight, too, Cole. You know, I think that'd be a fun one, and I think that Strickland probably wins that fight, but it'd be interesting to see. I'm, I'm a big fan of Sean Strickland. Beating Brendan, Brendan Allen, I'm really high on, too. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm still high on Allen. Yes, he got finished in this fight, but I, I picked him against Ian Heinish, and, you know, after the fight, Heinish was like, he threw some shade out and saying, like, why didn't you wait for me? But at the same time, I don't blame him for taking a fight. How do you even know if Heinrich is going to be available in January? Like, he might get sick or pull out again or get hurt. Like, anything could happen. So, to me, I think he may I, – I actually think Allen made the right call, especially Cole. He's only 24, so losing a fight is not a big deal. It's not like he hasn't lost before. He actually has four losses, but he has 15 wins. So, I'm pretty high on him too. Now, we got to talk about this one quickly because, man – I think this was the one of the biggest robberies we've seen in a while, Cole. Corey McKenna defeating Kay Hansen unanimously. I didn't agree with the decision at all, guys. I did think Hansen won the fight. I thought she won rounds one and three. Heck, I think the second round was close. Could have gone to her. But the three judges actually had McKenna winning the first and second round. So Hansen needed to finish the entire fight, which is crazy to think about. Um, you look at the media scorecards and the decisions. Almost everyone scored it for Kay Hansen, including several 30-27s. Not many people had it for Corey McKenna. I didn't like this decision by the judges. It cost a lot of people money. It's the biggest problem with betting on MMA is you never know what the judges. I said last week, Cole, I really like Hanson this fight, but something's bothering me about this fight. I didn't expect it to be the stupid judges. Um, what do you think of the decision, man? I thought Hanson won all three rounds. I thought it was. Uh, yeah, yeah. When they said unanimous, I'm like, oh, okay, one. Like, whatever. Yeah. But Crazy, huh? Yeah, it's like these guys need to be seriously um, scrutinized for their scorecards. You can't be screwing people's careers. Hanson's young; she's twenty-one. She'll bounce back, but you screwed a lot of people with this decision, in my opinion. I, I just didn't agree with the, with the decision. And you know, you know me, Cole. Just because I picked her doesn't mean I'm biased watching it. Like once once the fight starts, it doesn't matter what I picked or who I bet on. It doesn't matter. I'm just watching it objectively because I'm scoring these fights on the internet. I don't want to get crapped on and be called biased. That's not what I am. I'm watching fights objectively. I really did think Hanson won this fight. Don't like the decision at all. Go through the prelims really quick here, Cole. Kanako Murata defeats Brandon Marcos unanimously. Tony Gravely defeats Joel DeFreitas. This was a pretty competitive fight, a split decision. Alex Morono, he looked really good in this fight against Reese McKee, unanimously uh, defeating him. And then Dante Mies defeats uh, Roki Martinez in the first fight. Um, I didn't expect that one to go to the distance, I'll be honest with those guys, but the Roki guys got a really good chin. So any thoughts on those uh, prelims there, Cole? Just Murata's looked really good. I've... I thought he was going to win the fight. I picked him. I did not expect him to look that good. No, how about the missing mouthpiece? That was, I don't think mm-hmm. I've ever seen that happen. Before. We didn't even talk about that. Yeah. So in the fight with Morono and McKee, um, Morono knocked out McKee's mouthpiece at one point. And Jason Herzog, the referee, and I think it was Mark Smith, the uh, cage shot official, they were looking underneath the ring, but uh, the cage, I should say. But I believe the mouthpiece was actually on the apron of the cage. So they like paused the fight for a few years looking for this guy's mouthpiece. Um, Absolutely. Uh, I think fighters should have two mouthpieces because anything can happen. It could break or it could fall out and you could lose it like this. I've never seen that happen before, but it could happen. So um, you definitely have to have two. I thought it was hilarious that Herzog was like, I'll give him my mouthpiece. He's like, I'll, I'll give him my mouthpiece. Let's get this fight going. I thought it was awesome, but uh, 
Yeah, that fight was a funny fight call. I think Barono, you know, you look at the the physical uh, disadvantage he had with the reach and the the um, the height, but it was nullified just by his aggressiveness. Also, Reese McKee, he's a young guy who's getting better, but man, his striking defense, Cole, he's got the tall man striking defense. Same problem I had when I had my fight, just stand straight up, keep your chin in the air. So he's got that issue. Anyways, Cole, I think that's going to be it for uh, this card, if it, unless there's anything else you wanted to mention quickly. You good, Cole? Yep. All right, let's see here. Valerie Marcel, nice mustache. Oh, there you go, Cole. The tickler, man, getting a compliment from the tickler. Hey, Melissa's here. I'm your biggest fan. Give me a thumbs up before you even spoke. Love your work. Thanks, Melissa. I appreciate that. Actually, I, I told uh, I told someone that last week that uh, you left a comment. I really appreciate that. Thank you. All right, so let's go to Bellator 252. We'll recap that quickly, Cole. Um, <laughs> did I not talk about it last Thursday? I said, don't bet minus 600 on this Conry Gracie guy. People still parlay him, Cole. He gets knocked out in the first fight. Is this just more proof that you can't just blindly bet on these huge favorites in Bellator on the prelims, Cole? You can do it on the main card, no problem. Prelims, yeah. absolutely not. Yeah, Most Bellator cards, I think if you took every single Bellator card, you just parlayed all four favorites. I feel like you'd be up quite a bit of money. Yeah. You're obviously going to lose some, but I feel like uh, the majority of favorites on the main cards always win. I agree with Cole on that one. It seems like in Bellator, the chalk is usually the right side, especially on the main cards, but that's because they're proven fighters. We've seen them fight. In this case, how many fights do people really see of Conry Gracie or of Trevor Good? Not many. They just so. saw his last name. Yeah, exactly. It was the last name that got him there. So, anyways, he gets knocked out. Next fight, uh, Roman Faldo, he's a favorite against Pat Casey, wins. Lucas Brennan was a favorite, defeats Andrew Sellis. Jorno Lugo, a lot of people are talking about him as like a really good prospect, Cole. He beats Shyler Suto. He's a favorite. Here's the here's the upset. I called this one too, Cole. Manny Murrow via uh, decision over Devin Powell. I called that one last week. I said, don't bet on Powell as a minus 280 favorite. Take Murrow as a plus 220 dog. I really hope people listen to me. Kerry Melendez, that was an easy fight. That was one of the favorites you could parlay because that was such an easy matchup for her. First round submission, I actually called that to a T. Uh, Aaron Pico, that, that I mean, I don't bet on Aaron Pico anymore, Cole, ever. Like, I will not put money on this guy because I don't trust him anymore. But he's obviously a talented guy. Gets the knockout there. But, again, Cole, who's John DeJesus? Seriously, like, give him, you know, when when Aaron Pico fights someone decent, he often loses. So he's got to get somewhat of a step up, but I don't really know who you give him next, honestly. Maybe you give him Vaisal. Vaisal lost in this fight against Manuel Sanders, but he looked really good. He's a good step up. Uh, by the way, how good is Emmanuel Sanchez, Cole? Because, like, to me – He's he's a guy who could be in the top fifteen, in my opinion. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, he looked good in this fight. I uh, he dominated Daniel Vaisal. Daniel Vaisal is a tough out for anyone to do that. To, uh, I think that's crazy, but I'm really excited to see him rematch Patricio Pipple. Pipple, I think. Oh, I don't think it would be surprising to see to say Pipple could beat Alexander Volkanovsky if they yeah. fought ten times. I wouldn't be surprised if they both won five times. Like. I think Pitbull could hang, be the champ, or be like in the top three of the featherweight division in the UFC. Yeah, the thing about um, that fight would be, I think Pitbull would be favored against Sanchez, but honestly, I think Sanchez is a live dog there. I really do. They fought two years ago, and Sanchez lost a split, but it was super close, super competitive. It was one of those fights where we honestly didn't know at the end of 25 what was going to happen. So I think it'd be a competitive fight, but um, we'll see what happens in that fight. Now, the next fight, this was a super close fight call, and Yaroslav Amosov, he improved his record 25-0 with a split decision win over Logan Storley, but I don't feel like Storley's stock dropped that much in this fight, Cole. Like, it was super competitive. A huge sweat for everyone because a lot of people parlayed Amosov. So what would you think of the decision in this one? I did think Amosov won, but it was a super close fight. I'm not going to be surprised if we see them rematch once, like, Amosov's a champion or once one of them way down the line again. 
And do you think he's next for Douglas Lima? Because honestly, I think he deserves it more than Michael Page. I really do. And I think he's ready for that fight. I really do. Like 25 in Oakville. How do you how do you get better than that? And look who he's beaten. There's some pretty good fighters in that in that crop of uh, his last couple opponents. So what do you think, Cole? Douglas Lima versus Yaroslav Amosov? Or do you think they're going to do the Michael Page rematch? What do you think? I think it's going to be Lawrence Larkin. I don't oh, Lawrence think. Larkin too. Yeah, that's another guy. Well, those four guys were probably the top four guys, right? So whoever doesn't fight Lima, you can match up the other two. But I think Amosov Cole, isn't it time for him to get like one of those top three or four guys? I think it's time, right? Yeah. Like he, yeah, he's ready for that uh, step up. And of course, the main event, Patricio Pitbull. I mean, this was an easy fight. Knocks out uh, Pedro Carvalho in the first round. And uh, he's amazing. He's incredible. And it's funny because like you look at uh, Michael Chandler, right? And I love Michael Chandler. But it's funny because he got knocked out by Pitbull last year. And everyone's like, oh, I want to see Michael Chandler fight Tony Ferguson. Like the number two ranked lightweight in the world. Whereas Pitbull, no one's like that because he's not in the UFC. So I remember an interview a few few months ago, Dana White was asked about Pitbull. And he's like, yeah, I know I know who he is. He's aware of him after he knocked out uh, Chandler. So he's aware of him, man. I, I think at this point, he's going to be in Bellator for all because he's probably locked up to a deal there. But at some point, I'd love to see uh, Pitbull in the UFC. I just don't know if it's ever going to happen because he's probably in some ironclad deal right now where he can't get out due to uh, just basically winning and having a champion's clause. All right. That's it for Bellator, Cole. And now we're going to get to UFC, guys. This is a really good card. I like this card a lot. UFC 255. Right now we have 12 fights scheduled, Cole. So overall, what are your thoughts on the card while I set it up? It's actually a sneaky good pay-per-view. I actually think this is a much better pay-per-view than the year-end card. Like 256. I think 256 is lacking quite a bit. Obviously, it doesn't have the big names. It's going to get the casual fans. For the hardcores, like Figueroa Perez is a good fight. Like, uh... Moreno Royval is a good fight. Like on the prelims, like uh, Joe Van Gunn, I'm looking forward to. Dolby Rodriguez. Like I think this is a sneaky good card, which could surprise a lot of people. Yeah, I'm with you on that call. I think it's a little bit underrated. I think that it's lacking at big name main events. Yeah. And even with Garbrandt was on the card, I still think it's, it was a little bit weak to be a uh, pay per view main event in 2020. But I think the rest of the card makes up for it. I think it is a solid card. All right, let's get to it uh, right now, Cole. Let's start with the first fight of the night a welterweight bout between Luis Cossi and Saja. Palatnikov, and right now the odds have Kossi's a big favorite, minus 390, Palatnikov, plus 320. I'm assuming you're going with uh, your boy, Luis Kossi, Cole. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Kossi Brothers. I, I think Luis is the better. Uh, you know when you know me at Brothers, one's always a bit better. I think Luis is the guy that's a bit better than Orion. I think Luis is going to have more success. This Sash guy I'm not too familiar with. I looked at some of his fights. He's, been fight, he's the first Hong Kong fighter in the usa or in the ufc but he's been fighting out of las vegas he has a one of his only two losses is to munir laziz where he got knocked out and the problem with him is what i said about kossi hendrick in the contender series was the lack of competition like he's fought a guy that was three and four last time out nine and six two and two one and oh one and one and then obviously munir laziz he knocked out in the first round so i feel like when he gets that step up he's gonna lose kossi has a ton of power i did not see him beating victorina i'm there on victorina Again, he didn't have the highest level of competition, so it's hard to say what he's going to be like. I think at this point, the line is way too high. This is a complete pass for me, but I do like Kossi to win, probably by knockout as well. Yeah, there's a guy named uh, Alberto Mina that fought in the UFC a few years ago. He's Hong Kong-based, but he is born in Brazil. So I, I this guy is born in Hong Kong. Yeah. yeah, he's born there, so he's the first guy born there. Cole, I'll be honest with you. Here's my question. Why does this guy not have to fight a contender series? Why does he not have to go through tough? He has a five and two record. He got knocked out two fights to go by Lunar Lazes. He's been KO'd twice in seven fights. 
Why did this guy not have to take the, the hard road these other guys had to do, Cole? Tell me that. Why does this guy get a get a break? I don't understand that at all. So I, I like Kossi in this fight, guys. I, you know, I looked into Pelotnikov, and honestly, a guy who's been KO'd twice in seven fights against a guy like Kossi who has vicious KO power, I might even overthink this one, guys. I think Kossi wins by knockout. So uh, the odds on that, the fight not going to decision, minus, three, minus 300, obviously, it's a lot surprise. Minus 165 inside the distance. I think that wins. All of his wins are by stoppage, Cole, um, and all of Palatnikov's losses by stoppage. Uh, Kossi's one of those guys he goes for broke in the first round. Yeah. What about first round knockout? Let me check that out. First round for Lewis Kossi in round one, plus 125. So, like, yeah, the odds makers already know that's probably what's going to happen. I actually do think he probably knocks him in the first round. I think round. he does it in the first round. So the under is uh, set at one and a half, which sucks because uh, you I, I like when it's two and a half. But, uh, yeah, minus 135. I think that hits too. So, Moneyline, Lewis Kossi. I think a lot of people will parlay in here, Cole. I'm pretty sure he wins this fight. Lewis Kossi by knockout, start the card off. All right, next up, we have Kyle Dawkins against Justin Dustin Stoltzfus. This is a really good fight, Cole. 185 between two contender series, guys. Again, why does uh, the Palomidov guy, why does he not have to go too tough? Everyone else does. And uh, all in contender series, it's it's crazy, right? So Dawkins and Stoltzfus right now, we got Dawkins um, minus 280, Stoltzfus plus 240. I'm a little surprised by that line, Cole, but what are your, what are your thoughts on it? I really like Kyle Dawkins. I was really impressed. UFC debut, like, took it on, I think it was what? Like, I think he took it on the Monday of fight week or the Saturday. Like, it was really short. It was, like, between eight and six days notice between there and almost beat Brendan Allen, and which was crazy because I'm really high on Brendan Allen. Stolzman, I was surprised they signed at the UFC because he won, like, because he slammed the guy and his arm got dislocated. Yeah. The elbow was. So I'm surprised they signed someone because you didn't really see a whole lot of them. I do think Dawkins is a much better fighter. He's proven how good he is in that loss to Brendan Allen. I think he's just going to grapple Dustin Stolzfus. I don't know if he's going to finish him. Dawkins does have a lot of submissions, so maybe he can uh, get in some submission late in the fight if he can gas Stolzfus. But I like Dawkins to win this fight. I like both guys, but I, I favor Dawkins too, for sure. I mean, super impressed by this kid. Even the fight Brendan Allen, man, he had some success in that fight. That was a great fight, by the way, a dog fight. That was five months ago. Wow, I'm surprised it was that long ago. Um he looked good in that fight, Cole. He's a guy that definitely is UFC quality for sure. Stoltzfus, you know what? It's one of those things, Cole, where it'd be very unfair to dock him because uh, – <laughs> dock. <laughs> that's funny. Um, it'd, be fun, it'd be unfair to dock him of his spot in the UFC because the other guy broke his arm. So I can see why they brought him in. But uh, And he's good. He's actually really good, Cole. Like, he's good. So I, I think he could win this fight. That's why I'm going to stay away from it because I think the line's too high. If – Dawkins was like minus 150. I would play him straight here, but at minus 280, I think it's a little bit too high personally. Uh, I do favor Dawkins probably to win the decision because Stoltzfus seems very durable. But I'm going to be honest, Cole, this is one of those fights where I think Stoltzfus is being a little bit undervalued to odds. Uh, plus 240, that seems a little excessive to me. Next up, we got Alan Juban against Jerry Gooden. Interesting fight here, Cole. Uh, Juban, minus 140. Gooden, plus 120. Who's your pick? I actually like the underdog in Jerry Gooden. I think the problem is I can't trust Alan Joban at this point of his career. He, come, he hasn't fought since April of 2019. The card Max Holloway fought Dustin Poirier on. That was a long time ago when he lost to Dwight Grant. For that, beat Ben Saunders. Okay, I'm not too impressed that win. And then two uh, lost to Gunnar Nelson, Nico Price. Jared Gooden, I've been pretty high on him. I've heard a lot of stuff with him. I've talked to him when he was on the regional scenes. He's His losses are to tough guys. Like, uh, his last two losses, Mike Graves, obviously, who probably still should be in the UFC. And then Bruno Oliveira, we saw how good uh, he was on the contender series. So had to fight up weight class against Carlos Holberg. I like Jared Gooden in this fight. I just can't trust Alan Joban at this point of his career. I do worry about the layoff. 
I think Gooden's going to be more active. He's going to throw the more volume. Probably edge of decision. Alan Joban's really durable, but I like Gooden to win this fight. Yeah, it's an interesting fight. I like the matchup, but it's just one of those fights where Juban is just he's I don't think he's in his prime anymore. He's 38 now. Um, I've always been a fan of this guy, though. I really like him. I really like him on the broadcast. He's obviously a really uh, good-looking guy, very marketable, very uh, good on TV. So I think that was a good move for him. But I, I feel like that's just showing he's got one foot out the door, Cole. So I got good in this fight, too, man. I remember when you told me the other day, me and Cole always talk before the fights, but we never give our picks to each other. I don't want to know what Cole's picking, and I don't want him to know what I'm picking. But he did say he was picking 400 bucks on this card, so that's a small spoiler. One of them is, is this guy, and I, I kind of had a feeling you are going to take Gooden too, Cole. I mean, there's a lot to like about him here. He's 12 years younger. That's clue number one, guys. 12 years younger. Not only that, he also has a, a slight reach advantage, which I like too, two inches. So there's a few things I like about him. Um, and he's also on a three-fight win streak, which is nice compared to Juban, who's lost three of his last four fights. Uh, the problem with Gooden that I have is that fight with Bruno Oliveira that happened last year. He got KO'd, Cole. That does worry me, I'll be honest, because Juban has KO power. So it's possible this guy could get knocked out because we saw it all there in his last fight, Cole. He didn't even look that good. I know that was the upper weight class, but uh, yeah, that does worry me a little bit. But overall, I think the 12-year age advantage and the slight reach advantage, that's enough for me to pick him. The question is, is it worth betting on? I got to think about it more. Just because I'm picking the dog doesn't mean it's necessarily worth a bet because it is still risky, I think, considering this guy has no UFC fights, literally. So um, you're betting on a UFC newcomer who you don't know too much about against the guy who's a veteran. But at the same time, again, the layoff for Juban too, that's another problem. A year and a half, the the age and the reach. I'm taking Jerry Gooden. You know what, Cole? I'm going to take him by knockout. I think I think you can knock out Alan Juban. I don't think this fight goes the distance. The fight not going the distance. Wow, minus 145. I mean, it, I guess it could go to the decision, but I'm kind of leaning a finish goal, I'll be honest. That's kind of how I'm looking at that one. All right, next up, Nicholas Dalby and Daniel Rodriguez. This is a short notice fight. Daniel Rodriguez, minus 310. Dalby, plus 255. I'm assuming you like the favorite here in Cole and the Rodriguez. I like Daniel Rodriguez. I've impressed them in the UFC, but I can't bet that price on Daniel Rodriguez. Daniel Rodriguez, I don't think, should be a almost what a three minus three hundred favorite. Like I can't, you can't find me a way to bet that. Maybe you do Rodriguez inside the distance. What's that? Or Rodriguez by knockout because Rodriguez by TKO KO was plus one forty. We saw Dolby get knocked out to Jesse Ronson. Mm-hmm. Or, or we see him get finished against Jesse Ronson. He got ended up getting submitted, but he got rocked, and then Ronson went for the choke. If Rodriguez drops him, Rodriguez is not going for the choke. He's going to go finish him. I actually don't mind Rodriguez by knockout at plus money. I think he wins this fight, but I can't lay the money line. I think you're going to have to look for a proper or parlay him with one of the other favorites, like a Luis Koski and get a lower price. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, too. Those two guys I like a lot. I really like D-Rod in this fight, man. This guy is awesome. Love this guy. He's kind of like a late bloomer. He's 33 years old, Cole, but he's been super impressive throughout his UFC run. Uh, three straight wins this year. Tim Means, he finished Tim Means in his first fight. That's nice. Knocked out Dwight Grant. That's a nice win. Gabe Green, um, that guy's not really that great, but still, uh, you know, three wins in the UFC. And overall, he's on a eight-fight win streak or a nine-fight win streak. Wow. So he's he's really impressive. He got one loss in his career three years ago. Again, a guy who's a late bloomer. He just started uh, fighting as a pro 2015 at age 28. So... I like this guy, Cole. I mean, Nicholas Albi, um, obviously more experienced, Cole, but he's the other thing. He's 36 now. He's getting up there in age, and he's coming off an absolutely vicious loss to Ronson as a as an as a big favorite, as a as a huge favorite in that fight. That was a big upset. Um, and overall, you look at his UFC career, Cole. His UFC record overall is one three, no one, no sorry, two uh, two three and one. So he's he's a guy that generally loses or he has a draw too. I just don't trust this dude at all. I'm going to take uh, Dayard Rodriguez. The question is, does he finish the fight or does he go to decision? 
I know you're leaning towards a finish, but other than the Ronson fight, Dolby is very, very durable, never finished. So I honestly could see it going either way, Cole. But I guess if I had to pick, I would lean a little bit towards a finish. But again, you know, uh, Rodriguez has two decisions in his last five fights, so it's possible it could go the distance. Either way, I like D-Rod a lot in this fight. I think he wins for sure. Next up, we have a women's flyway bow between Antonina Shevchenko and Arian Lipsky. And right now we have Antony Shevchenko minus 160, Lipsky plus 140. I got to be honest, Cole, I'm surprised by these odds, but I'll, I want to hear your thoughts on it. I like the underdog Arian Lipsky, and I'm I'm going to bet this fight, but I'm waiting because if you look at the odds, people are still betting Shevchenko. I, I do, do they not realize like Arian Lipsky is a really good ground game? She was known for striking KSW, but her ground game, she has good wrestling. Antony Shevchenko has absolutely no wrestling or takedown defense. We saw Caitlin Chukagan, who is not a wrestler at all. Take Shevchenko down at will, and Shevchenko had no clue how to get up. I fully expect Arian Lipsky to just have a wrestling heavy game plan. Just get Shevchenko down, look for submission. Even if she can't get a submission, just beat her up on the ground and hold her down, similar to what Chukagan did. I don't know why Antonia Shevchenko is closing in on a minus 200 favorite. The line looks like it's going that way. It keeps on going in Shevchenko's favor. So Good. if I can get like Lipsky at plus 160, I'm taking that shot. Like Arian Lipsky, I think, is a much better fighter. Shevchenko is one way to win. Keep this standing, but even standing, Aaron Lipsky's striking is very good. Who, like, I think there's a much clear advantage. Aaron Lipsky is 10 times better than Shevchenko on the ground. On the feet, it's pretty close. Maybe Shevchenko has a slight edge, but Aaron Lipsky, she's going to win this fight. It's going to be on the ground. I don't trust Shevchenko on the ground. So I like Aaron Lipsky in this fight. Yeah, I, I'm 100% with you on this one. This is this is definitely a dog situation. I don't understand why people are laying. As someone who's bet on Shevchenko as a big favorite and who's, who she's lost a few times for me, especially against Roxanne, where I was just like, really, you're going to lose that fight? Don't bet on her here, guys. This is a fight that's dogger pass 100%. I like Lipsky here. I mean, I don't love her, Cole, by any means, because she has been inconsistent in the UFC, but she's looked better in the last two fights. Um, and like you said, the, the biggest thing to me is the ground game, because Shevchenko's ground game is just terrible. Like, it's really, really bad. Uh, it's it's almost shocking a UFC fighter has that bad of uh, takedown defense. Five takedowns... Uh, that she didn't stop against Roxanne and three against Chukagian. Her last fight was a beating two goal against Chukagian, who just got destroyed in like one minute or whatever it was. So, yeah, this is a, absolutely a fade spot on Antony Shuchenko, who, by the way, is 10 years older than Lipsky, too. Lipsky's, dude, she's younger than me. I'm 88. She's 94. She's, what is she, 26. Whereas Shevchenko is uh, 36, right? So, that's huge, Cole. Lipsky, man. This is Dogger Pass, guys. Litsky's got value here. Plus, what is it? Plus 140, Cole? I like it already, Cole. I'll be honest, man. <laughs> I like her at any plus money besides. No, and, and look at the line. It's going in more favor of Chevchenko, which I, I do not understand at all. I guess people think that Litsky's going to have one of her like, really bad performances here, but I'm not so sure, Cole. Especially after that last fight where she had the knee bar. That's a confidence booster. I think it's going to help her out. And I'm pretty sure she got a new UFC contract after that, too. Anyways, we, me and Cole both like Litsky. Are you favoring a, a decision or, or a sub? I'd probably think a decision like yeah, yeah. you can put her out, Roxanne Montferry. Yeah, and you know what? There's no value on that, by the way. It's minus 265 to go the distance. I don't see value because I think there is a possibility you could see a submission. So I wouldn't even touch that. I do like Lipsky as a dog. Let's not overthink it. All right, let's go to the next fight called Middleweight Bout. Joaquin Buckley returns after the KO of the year against Jordan Wright. Interesting fight call and big odds on Buckley this time, minus 265. Jordan Wright plus 225. And just before I get into it, because I just got to mention this. Buckley's a huge favorite here, but the last couple of fights for Buckley, he was plus 185 against Impa and plus 33 against Holland. He gets the win over Impa, and now he's a massive favorite. What are your thoughts on this line, Cole? The, the line is stupid. I do like Joaquin Buckley. I just keep on failing Jordan Wright. I 
not high on Jordan Wright at all. This guy, he, he does have some advantages over uh, Joachim Buckley. He has a four-inch reach advantage. He has a uh, four-inch height advantage. Like uh, Wright is the taller guy, but man, this guy fought literally cans get to the EFC. Look at his record. 0-0, 0-0, 0-5, 0-0. He fought two guys back-to-back, 0-21 and 0-10. He got them out in a combined 49 seconds. You should be doing that. Two guys, that's 0-21. And then 0-0, 1-2, 7-3. The first time he fought someone was Anthony Hernandez on the Contender Series. Got absolutely dusted in 40 seconds. He's still undefeated because Hernandez popped for marijuana. So it's like, <laughs> which is stupid. Big bad marijuana, man. He was high in the fight. No, I'm kidding. And man. then he goes out, beats uh, Gabriel Checo. All right, that's an okay win. And then he goes out and beats Ike Villanueva, who I'm not high in at all. So, okay. Joaquin Buckley, I think, is the much better striker than Jordan Wright. I think he might be able to put out Jordan Wright. He has a ton of knock power. But this is a guy that was knocked out to Kevin Hall and just yeah. what? Like four months ago was that? So five months ago? I can't trust Joaquin Buckley at this price. This is a complete pass. I have no interest in betting either side. I don't even think there's much value in Jordan Wright because I'm not high on him at all. I'm staying away from this fight, but I think Buckley should win, but absolutely no way you should lay that price on Buckley. Yeah, I'm pretty much in agreement. It's like I re- it's, this is just like the Hansen fight last week where I'm like super on the fence because I really want to bet this person, but something worries me about this fight. I ended up taking Hansen and it, you know it was a lo- it was a loss, but it was still a profitable night. With this one, minus two sixty five, you know, and and I'm a guy who. Typically prefers straight bets. I don't know about that at minus 265. So to me, it's a little bit high, but I do think he's going to be a popular parlay piece. People will fade Jordan Wright because of the Anthony Hernandez fight. And I can't blame him because honestly, Cole, it does worry me too. If he got KO'd in 40 seconds by Hernandez, there's no reason Buckley can't finish him with strikes as well. It is a different matchup. Also, Wright's got some advantages in this fight. He's a bigger guy, longer reach. Um, he's a guy who used to fight up a weight class. So he has some advantages, but Overall, I think Buckley with the speed and the striking, he'll get it done. So I picked somebody Buckley. I think he probably gets the finish. Fight not going distance, minus 505. So the odds makers obviously feel that way, and so do I. So I picked Buckley by knockout Cole. I do like him in this fight. It's just that the line to me is a little bit excessive. Considering the two, what is it, two fights ago, he was plus 330, Cole. So to me, that's a little bit excessive here. I think people are obviously really high on him after the fight with Impa, and for good reason because he looked great. But I don't know, Cole. I just think that line's a little bit high. And, you know, Jordan Wright, to be fair to the guy, other than the fight with Hernandez, he's finished everyone, including Ike Villanueva. I know that's not a great win by any means, but he beat the crap out of that dude. That was a nice – it was actually a nice performance. He looked really good. Hey, comment from Massio, a bad version of Wonder Boy. Is he talking about uh, a Buckley maybe? Or I'm not sure actually who he's who, – who were you talking about, Massio? I'm assuming you're talking about Buckley. Or maybe he's talking about Shevchenko. <laughs> All right, Cole. Last prelim here. I love this fight call. Brandon Moreno against Brandon Royville, the, the battle of the Brandons. Love it. Minus 190 Moreno, plus 165 Royville. Who wins the, the fight between the two best Brandon flyweights in the, the UFC? Uh, I love this fight. This is the fight I actually broke because it was crazy. It was literally like Perez gets the title shot. I texted both those guys, and Moreno goes, well, I want to compete on the cart. And I'm literally texting Brandon Royville, and he's like, I'm sitting next to my manager. I asked for the, I asked for the fight. I'll let you know. Literally, like, two minutes later, both guys go, uh, yeah, the fight's done. And I'm like, the, literally, this Perez was made, like, 30 minutes ago, and this fight's already done. He has both side conscious. I'm like, they moved quick, but I love this fight. This fight should be on the main card. I don't understand why. Yeah. I talked to both guys. Both guys plan on making 125 just in case anything happens with Figueroa Perez. I think if something happens, it's going to be Brandon Moreno getting the shot instead of Royville. So, but... I slightly lean towards Brandon Moreno on this fight. I have picked against Brandon Royval in both his UFC fights. I'm 0-2 in Brandon Royval fights. I fully admit that. 
The Tim Elliott one, it was just because I was short notice. Kai Care France, I'm super high in Kai Care France. I'm probably one of the I'm probably driving the Kai Care France like fan bus over here. I I think this guy's really good, but Brandon Royville has impressed me, but I just think Brandon Moreno is just a different animal. He has solid takedown defense on the feet, his volume. I think that's the big point is he just throws so much. He doesn't get tired. I wonder how Royville's going to deal with that volume. Would I be shocked if Brandon Royville won this fight? No. So that's why I'm staying away from it. I don't have enough confidence in Brandon Moreno to lay almost two to one. I think he should be able to edge a decision, but again, I'm not confident. So I'm going to, my pick is Moreno by decision, but I am staying away from this from a betting perspective. Yeah, you know, this is a great fight. I think this definitely could be fight of the night. Love the matchup. Both guys obviously really good. And I think that's a smart move to make 125 because honestly, there's no telling if Figueredo even shows up on weight. I know he told you he was, but we'll see, Cole. Because he told you that. Didn't he tell you that two fights ago when he missed? So, you know, I've been actually really good at picking these guys' fights, both of them. I've been I've been very good at it. So I think I'm a really good read on these guys, especially Royable, though, Cole. You know, I've picked him at both his fights in the UFC so far, man. As a dog both times. I can't not take him as a dog again, Cole. Come on, you got to ride the money train, right? So I'm going to go with Brandon Royal here, but this is definitely a harder fight than the other ones, I think. Moreno's uh, more well-rounded than Kara France and Elliott, for sure. Um, he looks like a guy that's poised to be a title contender, but I, I really believe in Royville, man. His striking, his grappling, his finishing ability. You know, physically, he's a little bit taller. The reach is a little bit shorter, but he is a southpaw, which helps as well. So I think that stuff kind of is a wash. It ultimately, comes down, I think, to uh, just who's a little bit more dynamic, and I think Royville's a little bit more dynamic. It's going to be a close fight. He might not get the finish this time. It's possible he could, but I'm going to take Royal Call. I can't not pick against. Uh, I can't pick against this guy after riding his hot streak for the first two fights. I'm going to continue riding here. It's a closer fight for sure than the other ones, but I will take Brandon Royville and uh, Moreno. You know, looking at his uh, record, he's a guy who's extremely hard to finish. So probably by decision here, Royville's first decision in the UFC. But uh, love the matchup call, and I'm excited to see this one. All right, let's get to the main card, Cole. First fight in the card is a rematch between Paul Craig and Mauricio Shogun Hua. And right now we have Paul Craig, minus 170, Hua, plus 150. Who's your pick? I like Shogun Hua, and I, I don't know why. I The first time they fought, I thought Shogun Hua won the fight. He was a big favorite. I thought Paul Craig, I thought it was a 10-9. It could have been 10-8, but I thought Shogun Hua won the last two rounds. So if you're going to give me plus my, and if you look at any decisions, I think it was like, Almost all of them, but two scored it for Shogun. So if you're yeah. gonna make less money on Shogun, who a guy I think beat the guy two fights ago, I know Shogun did not look good in his last fight. I know he's getting older, but he still has been like people overlook him. This guy is what uh five one and one in his last seven. Like he has looked good. Paul Craig is a guy I cannot trust at all. This guy is I don't trust his fight IQ ever. He makes so many mistakes. Would I be surprised if he goes out there and beat and dominates Sean Hu in the first round again and then absolutely gas himself? No, because that's what he does. He, I think he's like that one-round fighter. I know we smitten an ankle late in the fight, but I just can't trust him as a favorite. I think Shogun is going to be more prepared. I think he can stop the takedowns on the feet. I like Shogun striking a lot better. I'll take Shogun by decision. I don't really love the pick, though, but I just can't trust Paul Craig. Yeah, I don't trust either guy, honestly, in this fight. Um, i actually been pretty good with Shogun's fights the last couple of years. I've been pretty solid with him. Craig, I'm not good at picking his fights, so this is a fight I'm not I'm not betting on because I've I'm, I've been very inconsistent with Paul Craig's fights. I also thought that Shogun won the first fight call. However, I do believe it is a different matchup. Shogun's older now. He's um, coming off that fight with Rodrigo Nogueira, or uh, Rogero Nogueira, which was an absolute war, which I thought he lost, by the way, so... You know, that was to me, yes, it was a pretty fun fight to watch, but he took a lot of damage in that fight and he's coming back a few months later. The thing is, Paul Craig's not really a striker, so 
uh, Shogun will have the advantage on the feet, but Paul Craig, I'm not saying he's an amazing grappler and his takedowns are not good either, but he somehow manages to get almost all of his fights to the ground, Cole. And once he's on the ground, he's so good on the ground. So I actually think Paul Craig might be able to get this fight to the mat, and Shogun's very hard to finish. I'm not even sure if he's been – I mean, well, actually, that's not true. Forrest Griffin submitted him, so I remember that. Other than that, and uh, Chael submitted him too. Yeah, I remember – that was – I think that was a little bit before you were betting on the sport, Cole, but I had – I remember I had uh, Shogun big in that fight. I was really surprised Shale choked him out. So, yeah, those two losses, um, it's possible he could get finished. And, uh, and Hanato uh, Babalu uh, submitted him 17 years ago. So it's possible he'll get tapped up here by Paul Craig because he's not good in the ground. But, again, Paul Craig's a guy I'm just so inconsistent on. And, you know, I, I, I like looking back at the fighters and, and looking back through their fights and being like, did I call this correctly? And I know some fighters I'm, I have really good reads on, like Brandon Royville in the last fight. Shogun I have a good read on. Paul Craig not so much. I just I have to fade Chogun Cole at this age at 38. I have to fade him here, but I would not bet on Paul Craig. I'm like you. Paul Craig's the guy you bet as an underdog. We've talked about these guys before, right? Like Darren Elkins Cole. You like him as a dog. You don't like playing juice on him. So my pick, Paul Craig by decision and uh or maybe submission possibly, but submission plus six fifty, which I think is worth okay, you know what? Yeah, I didn't even look at the prop. So yeah, I mean you gotta take a shot on that. You have to, right? You have to, especially with his ground game. Paul Craig by submission, then Paul Craig just to win at that money line. Six fifty, like, like throw a couple bucks on it, see what happens. I'm with Cole. I think that this, that's the way to play it. You know, you, th- you throw a punt on it, and otherwise, I don't know. Maybe other people have different reads of this fight. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people there. I'm going to back Shogun as a dog. I just, I, I, I can't at age 38. All right, Cole. Next up, Kay Chukagan makes a quick turnaround here against Cynthia Calvillo, women's 125. And right now we have Calvillo is the favorite, minus 255, Chukagan plus 215. What do you think of these odds? I'm surprised they're this high. Chukagan, she, obviously, she didn't look too good against her last Vegas. She's getting drawed. I still think Chukagan's one of the top girls at 125, but I do like Cynthia Calvillo in this fight. I think Calvillo can out-grapple Caitlin Chukagan. Chukagan has solid takedown defense. On the feet, I think Chukagan's a better striker. She also is going to be uh, going to have a reach advantage, uh, just a slight, I think it's two, three inches, but... I like Calvillo to win a decision, but no way I'm betting Calvillo at this price. The, I think that's a common thing on this card. Is I yeah, think yeah, way too high. Uh, the Calvillo should not be this big a favorite. I think Calvillo like should be about a minus one sixty five, minus one seventy, minus two fifty five. There's absolutely no way I'm betting this. Maybe you do like uh, Calvillo by decision, which is still minus one twenty. I don't really know if I want to lay chalk on that because we saw Chicken get finished her last fight. So I like Calvillo to win, but at this point the Line is way too high for me to bet on Calvillo. Yeah, she opened in the minus 150 range, and obviously she's up almost 100 cents. So I, I do like her here, though, Cole. I'm, I'm fading Chikagin, coming off a brutal loss just like one fight, like what, a month ago? So you got to fade her here. Um, she got destroyed in that fight. Calvillo looked incredible in her flyweight debut, which I picked her in uh, as well. I've been really, I've been high on Calvillo since she entered the UFC. The only fight I got wrong for is with Esparza win, which I think she arguably won. So uh, she's a great fighter, and uh, I really like her in this weight class too with that wrestling and the toughness, the, the cardio. Um, hopefully she's recovered from COVID-19 because obviously that knocked her over the last fight. I'm a little confused why they didn't book the Lauren Murphy fight. There's obviously some issues there with the uh, the matchmaker and stuff, and now she has a new manager, Lauren Murphy. So something happened there, Cole, where the right information was not passed on to her. But, uh, you know, I think maybe if Calvillo wins, they could rebook that. We'll see because I do think Andrade gets the next shot of the belt. But who knows? Calvillo goes out there and finishes Chicago in even more impressive fashion. Maybe she gets a title shot. I like Calvillo here, Cole. The line is a little bit high, but I do think she wins this fight. Calvillo by decision, that's my pick in this one. Let's go to the next fight, Cole. This is a really good fight. Definitely going to be in contention for a fight tonight. Mike Perry against Tim Means. Mike Perry, minus 150. Tim Means, plus 130. Who's your pick? I like Tim Means as an underdog here. I 
not too high on Mike Perry anymore. I don't think his last fight he beat Mickey Gall. Okay, I don't think Mickey Gall's a UFC caliber fighter. Before that, knocked out to Jeff Neal, lost to Vicente Luque, beat Cabo Oliveira, which looked good, and then submitted against uh, Donald Cerrone. He does have a good one. It's like the Paul Felder split, but again, that was a fight Felder took on short notice, up a weight class, broke his arm in the fight. Uh, Tim Means, I picked his last fight. He was a underdog against uh, Steropoli. He looked good. Before that was Smith against Daniel Rodriguez, but now we have to see how good Rodriguez is. I think Tim Means is the more technical striker. I think if Perry can't get Means out in the first round, he can have some trouble. Means does have a, a questionable chin. Would I be surprised if Mike Perry knocks him out in the first? Absolutely not. But I think Means can survive that first round. I think he can out uh, just outpoint Perry on the feet, similar to what he did to Steropoli and just win a decision. I like Tim Means this fight. I think he wins a decision. Mike Perry durable as hell to get out of there. Like I don't think Means has the power Jeff Neal has. So I like Tim Means by decision. This is a great fight. I love Tim Means. You guys know that. We all know that. This is a guy I've been hiring forever. But there's some problems I have with him in this fight. First off, he's just he's getting up there in age, man. He's 36. Mike Perry's a little bit younger, 29. That's a huge issue that I have. And Tim Means, you look at his last couple of fights, Cole. Like he looked good in the last fight in Steropoli. Surprisingly, uh, beat a guy that was a lot younger than him. So he looked good in that fight. But win loss, win loss, win loss, loss, win loss, no contest, win win loss. So he's super inconsistent. And I can't trust him here. Even though Mike Perry is not consistent necessarily himself, he did look a lot better in that fight with Mickey Gall. I liked how he looked in that fight. I know he didn't get the finish, but he just looked more well-rounded where he's getting takedowns. He's working his striking too. So he looked good in that fight. If he follows a similar game plan, I do think he could beat Tim Means by decision here by taking him down because Tim Means does not have great takedown defense. His ground game is not his forte. He's a striker. And if he stays on the feet, he will piece out Mike Perry, I think. I think he actually beat Mike Perry. But Mike Perry does have KO power. Nico Price knocked out Tim Means uh, last year, and I do think that Perry could catch him on the chin too. So my thing towards Perry, but are you kidding me? There's no way in hell I put money on this dude. He doesn't even have a real corner. He's got his girlfriend who's pregnant, and he's got uh, a, a, an old friend of his who could be some random fan that paid him. We have no idea who it is. I think he would have been better off with Darren Tell in his corner, quite honestly. So to me, it's like this guy is – he's an entertaining guy to watch what happens. He's a good guy to write about call. We make money off his stories, but at the same time – he is a decent fighter too, and um, if he can fight smart here, he can win. But I wouldn't bet on this fight. I'm not betting on it because Tim Means definitely got the striking to to make life miserable for Mike Perry. But again, the takedown defense really bothered me and the inconsistency. Mike Perry uh, by decision. That'd be my pick in this one. But yeah, I'm, I'm not betting. There's better spots in this card for me. All right, next up, Valentina Shevchenko against Jennifer Michael, and uh, let's go through this one quick because I mean. Minus 1,400 for Shevchenko, Maya plus 925. I'm not going to ask you if Maya's going to win because we both know she's going to lose. Does she lose by uh, decision, submission, or knockout? What do you think? I, I think that's the only way you bet Shevchenko is find the prop. I like Shevchenko to win inside the distance. I don't think she'll be able to submit Jennifer Maya. So Shevchenko by TKO, take uh, KO minus 130. Uh, Shevchenko... Well, that's he, initially five five fifty plus five fifty. That's the one yeah. I'm looking at. Yeah, Shevchenko, Shevchenko inside the distance minus one ninety five. Shevchenko, I think I honestly wouldn't mind just handing yeah. inside the distance. I don't think Maya's a five round fighter. I think she's going to gas out. I think Shevchenko is either going to finish her early or late. I don't expect my this fight to hit scorecards. I yeah. minus one ninety five. I'm basically betting minus one ninety five on Valentin Shevchenko. I'll take that all day long. I'm hundred percent with you on this. I don't think it was the full five two. I know that she went uh, five just two fights ago with uh, Luis Carmouche. Wasn't able to finish her, but Maya, I, I don't think she'll have the cardio too, Cole. Like she cuts a lot of weight to make one twenty five, and uh, she first off she's at risk of missing weight for this fight. Imagine that happened. That'd be embarrassing. It could happen. She has five fights and she's missed weight in two of them in the UFC. Um, 
I just think she's one of the most least deserving title contenders of all time, Cole. I really do. A three and two record, two weight misses. She has one good win against Collarwood. She looked good in that fight. No doubt about it. She does have submissions. So if the fight goes to the ground, which I think it will, by the way, I think it goes to the ground. I think Chevchenko has been doing that the last few fights to uh, Chikagian, Just Guy. She, she did kick Just Guy in the head in the second round. The first round was all her just grounding her to the uh, ground and pounding her out. So I think that's what happens here. I think she just takes her down, beats her up. Maya is very durable. She hasn't been finished in, a few, in like almost a decade, I think, but I don't see her lasting the distance, Cole. I, I just can't see it. So I'm with Cole. I think, you know, minus 1,400 and you get minus minus 195 on inside the distance against someone who um, finishes fights, quite frankly. Chartango is a finisher. Of course, there's a chance this could go to decision, but I would say that it's like 80-20 towards finish decision. So I think that the inside distance, Cole, I think it should be minus 400, minus 500. I don't think it should be minus 195. So I think Cole is banging on with that. But I also like that sub prop at plus 550. You could take a small shot at that too. It's very hard to get into those particular props. I understand that. But I, I think with Chachenko, she has shown uh, that remake of choke and, and that arm bar against Pena. So she's got a great ground game. And uh, yeah, either way she wins. Now, this fight's interesting, Cole, main event. I'm not sure what you think about this one. Alex Perez against Davidson Figueredo, UFC Flyweight Championship. I really like this fight, Cole. I gotta be honest. This is a, it's a better fight than I think people are giving it credit for. And right now we got the champ minus three hundred and the challenger Perez plus two fifty. Uh, how do you handicap this fight, Cole? I think the line is a bit out of hand. I think Alex Perez poses a lot of problems for Des and Figueroa. The wrestling, the cardio. I think Alex Perez probably has better cardio than Des and Figueroa. But the problem is Figueroa gets everyone out so quickly that we don't know what he's going to be like and he did 30 27 alexander Pertoja a couple fights ago which was really impressive so he, he does have three round cardio what's cardio in the fourth and fifth round i don't know but perez also hasn't gone five rounds but i i think it's way too high i personally i think Devin Figueroa should be above a two to one i think like that 225 range is probably where he should be just because the last two fights but at this point i think he is a bit too high but I like Justin Figueroa to win this fight. I expect him to finish Alex Perez. I think he's going to knock out Alex Perez. We saw Perez get knocked out by Joe Benavidez just uh, two years ago, basically. Almost to the day, like uh, November 11, 2018, he got knocked out of Benavidez. And the thing about Figueroa is, everyone points to that Formiga fight that looks at his wrestling, but his takedown against has looked very impressive. This is a guy that stuffed all of Benavidez's takedown, who is a pretty good wrestler, and then goes out there and absolutely dominates Benavidez on the ground, takes his back multiple times, sinks in a choke. Like he has underrated jujitsu game. So I don't know how much Alex Perez's ground game is going to help him on the feet. I think Figueredo packs a lot more power than Alex Perez. Figueredo does get hit a lot. I think his his significant strikes I mean, it was like minus 0.5. So he gets hit 0.5 times more than he uh, lands. But he's one of those guys that's going to give one a take on because he has that knock of power. I expect Figueroa to finish Perez probably second, third round by knockout. I love the fight, but I, I don't like the line here, guys. I think it's too high. It opened at minus 210, so it's basically a dollar more now. And uh, I understand you're you're paying a premium on Davison now because of the last two fights against uh, Benavidez where uh, the first time me and you, I don't think we had him in the first fight, Cole, but the last fight we both loved him there, and he was like a small favorite. Um, this fight, he's minus, minus 300. I think that uh, the line's a little out of hand. I know that Figueroa is incredible. I'm going to pick him here 100%. Don't get me wrong, picking him. It's just like, am I worth? Am I willing to lay minus three hundred? Is it worth it? I don't know. I'm not sure. You know, he should win because he's got the knockout power. He's got the submissions. He's 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 shown a, an incredible ability to knock people out at this weight class. So uh, this is a guy that I think could uh, could have success at up up a weight class. So I think he's great, and I'm excited to see what he does in this fight with Perez. 
Uh, you know, Cole, he's, he's seven and one in the UFC or six and one, I should say. He's looked good, man. He's looked good. Um, lots of knockouts, submissions. The guy's great. Now, it's just funny because Figueroa's got the one loss to Formiga, who was just cut, by the way. Perez just knocked him out. Perez has got the loss to Benavides. Formiga just finished him. So it's kind of funny. The MMA math doesn't work in this case. I got to go. I got to go with Figueroa, guys. But I'm telling you, man, Perez, you could take a shot at him at plus 250, Cole. It's not the worst bet in the world. If he gets to like minus a plus 300, Cole, wouldn't you be tempted just to throw a few bucks on him? Because he has, he has passed to win this fight, guys. Again, when you're looking at fights, you got to look at both sides. You can't just be like, okay, this guy's a champ. He's amazing. Perez is a great fighter too. And he's been favored in almost all this fight. So people know who he is. He's just being really undervalued here. I got this comment here. Serial winner, please shave that stash of, of uh, you, please. I beg of you, bro. I thought he's talking about me because I feel like I got to shave, but nah, Cole's, Cole's got the, the tickler, bro. <laughs> Give me 13 more days and it's gone. The ladies <laughs> love it, man. The, the ladies love it. Anyways, let's get, let's, uh, we're going to finish this, uh, the UFC card call. We only have like, what do we have? <laughs> Five, six minutes. Let's go through contenders here super quick, okay? All right. Chelsea Hackett against Victoria Leonardo. That's tonight, by the way, guys. That's tonight, um, and I'll be watching for sure. 125 pounds, Cole. Who's your pick in this one? I think oh, Chelsea. Oh, sorry, I didn't say the odds today. Hackett's uh, minus 240, Leonardo plus 200. Go ahead. Uh, I like Chelsea Hackett. I think he can uh, – she's one of the top prospects in Australia. Trains with Alexander Volkanovsky. Whenever I talk Volkanovsky, he always brings her up saying, this girl's a future champion. Like, she has everything what it takes. But I – don't know if I'd let. I ate betting on Terry so don't. I will never bet on them. I'm I'm with Cole. We've talked about this pretty much all season, but there are spots where there are certain fighters that you can pick on. I'll give you an example. Uh, Josh Parisian, like two months ago, he's a proven guy, Cole. So we know who he is. So that's why we picked him. And serial winner. I, I totally understand your comments, bro. But the thing is, Cole's doing this for November. It's for charity. It's a it's a good thing. It's a good cause, and I respect what Cole's doing. Although I, I personally think Cole uh, is, is, a, is a clean shaven guy. Then again, look at me. I got a shave too, so I can't say anything. Anyways, um, yeah, I like hockey here, but minus 240 Cole for a girl with, what, three fights? I don't know about that, Cole. It's, it's a little expensive. Leonard has experience in Bellator, Invicta. I do think hockey wins, though, so I'm going to pick her here, guys, but uh, the price is a little bit high. Next up, Schwartz Blackledge against Tucker Lutz. Blackledge minus 185, Lutz plus 160. I'm pretty sure the winner gets in because they already have a win in the tender series. Uh, what do you think, Cole? I, I kind of feel like Lutz could win this fight. What do you think? I like Blackledge, but I had the line. I think this is a pick I'm fighting. Yeah, I agree completely with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm 100 with you, Cole. So Blackledge is a pick, but no no bet obviously for you. Uh, Gloria DePaul against Pauline Macias. Uh, go check out their Instagrams. I think you guys will be happy with this one. Uh, this is definitely a, a good a good fight. I think the winner is going to go in the UFC. Um, the Gloria DePaul minus 200, Macias plus 170. Who's your pick, Cole? This fight, I honestly have no clue. I have no interest in betting this fight. I wouldn't be surprised if either girl won. So I have to favor, obviously, Paula slightly, but I would not be shocked if uh, Macias won. Hey, I got to get this call in here. He wants to donate for you in November. You have a link or something, Cole? No, I just donate to my friends. I don't do my own. I, should, I really should. But. You can PayPal Cole the money. I'm sure he'll take it on PayPal. Uh, next up, we got JP Buys, the uh, boyfriend or husband of Shane Buys against Jacob Silva Cole. Buys minus 360. Silva plus 200. What's with this line? Uh, what do you think about this one? Line is way really tight, but I'm surprised to bring back Jacob Silva. This is a guy that lost yeah. in the series. It wasn't amazing. It was a good fight. It was a it good, fight. A good yeah. fight. How often do you see a guy back back fights in the centuries that lost? It was a good fight. They, could, they It was one of those fights where both guys could have got in. Just like the Blackledge and Cameron yeah. Church fight, that was a great fight too, right? There, there's certain fights where they'll take both guys. But yeah, I mean, Bai should win, right, Cole? But 
Are you kidding me? He got knocked out by Joby Sanchez two years ago in contender series, Cole. That guy's not even in the UFC anymore. And finally, Cole, Nick Maximov against Oscar uh, Coda at uh, heavyweight. And uh, Maximov minus 450, Coda plus 360. Who's your pick? And Nick Maximov is a middleweight light heavy. This guy weighed 209 pounds. He's, he's a main training partner of Nate and Nick Diaz. I think the UFC wants men. He's a jujitsu yeah. wizard. Uh, but the big question is, it's a 55-pound weight difference. Will he be able to get him down to the ground? If you can't get him down to the ground, he's probably going to lose. So I think he will eventually get him down on the ground, submit him. But I, it, he only took the fight just getting the UFC and fight, and fight in front of Dana White. But this guy is a um, light heavyweight. I think speed kills a little bit here. I think he's going to win the fight. And he's got a lot of finishes. This guy looks pretty good. We don't have much time, guys. We have a few minutes. I'm going to do lightning fast round here with Cole. Three over Doom. Cole signed with PFL. Thoughts on that? I'm a bit disappointed. I wanted to see that Fedor rematch, and I thought yeah. Belter made sense. I don't know why Belter didn't try to get him. PFL, like, uh, to be honest, I don't know why anyone's signing with PFL right now. Yeah. I, I don't get it either. Like, why would you even take that risk? I don't I don't like that move for, for Doom. I mean, he could win the tournament with a million dollars, make us look like idiots, but on paper, Cole, that seems like a tough one for him. You uh, see, for me, I got caught by the UFC. Uh, it's kind of awkward because he beat uh, Figueroa last year, Cole. So I know he's kind of like a boring fighter, I guess, because he's more of a grappler, but I'm not sure about that, Cole, that uh, cut. And really quickly, just give me your thoughts on these three fights. Volkov versus Overeem. What do you think of that fight? I really like it. This is a fight that should happen for a while. I, I called for it after uh, Overeem's went over Walter. called for it after Overeem's went over Sakai. I think it makes a lot of sense. Yep. And the next one, Barcelos against Marib Valashvili. What do you think of that one? I am so low for this fight. I have no clue I'm picking. Yeah, that is a great fight. Love that fight. And then Ian Heinrich against Kelvin Gastelum. Uh, this is a good fight. I think it's a Gasly needed to step down. He's on a he's sneakily on a three fight losing streak. A lot of people don't view him on a three fight losing streak. He hasn't won since beat Jock Rich yep. by split, and a lot of people don't even think he won that fight. So yep. it, it's tough. Like Ian Heinish, I'm pretty high on Ian Heinish, but man, like this is a big step up for him. But if Gasly loses to Heinish, like, I don't really know what the UFC does with him. Yep. There's so much more to talk about, guys, but we honestly have two minutes left here. So I'm gonna take Marcus's question. Marcus, good morning. As Michael Chandler responded, Tony Ferguson's called to fight next month. If he hasn't, what do you interpret that to mean? I'm not sure what's going on with this guy. Okay, first off, I love Michael Chandler. Great fighter. I want to see him fight. I think the Ferguson fight's a great fight. He should he should be happy he's getting a guy that's like top three ranked. Um, I think Ferguson almost got screwed, and he kind of played himself a little bit with the whole uh, Poirier situation. Poirier ends up fighting uh, uh, Connor and making a ton of money, and Ferguson's on the sidelines. That fight needs to go on 256. It really needs a marquee fight, Cole. I hope they add to that. Uh, what are your What are your thoughts? Yeah, I saw Ariel say last night it's probably not going to happen, which is disappointing. But uh, 256 needs another big name, and I, that would have been a great fight to co-headline. Yep. And Cyril Winter says subscribe. Thanks, man. I really appreciate that. Yeah, MAOdsburg.com, great place to be. So definitely check us out. Tuesday and Thursday, 10 a.m. That's where I do the podcast with Cole. Uh, last thing, Cole, I just saw on Twitter, Kamzat Chamayev is ranked in the top 15. Yeah. Wow. I'm not sure about that. I'll be honest, because what's his best win at welterweight? Reese the key, right? Yeah, his only win at welterweight. <laughs> Come on. Toronto so like ranked now? That doesn't that doesn't make sense then, right? Does it make sense to you? What do you think of that, Cole? No. So then Morona should actually be ranked higher because he has more wins. I don't agree with that, guys. I know he's amazing. I know he's a big favorite against Leon Edwards. Just because he's booked to fight a guy doesn't mean he actually should be ranked above guys that have been grinding forever. That's it, Cole. We don't have any time left, so I want you to plug yourself really quick, and we'll get out of here. Yeah, the podcast, All Flyweight Show, Alex Perez, Brandon Marino, Brandon Roy Val, stories to all them, fighter picks for the two title fights. Yeah. Everything else always on my Twitter. Uh, you guys can follow me on Twitter at Anna Martin Podcast, MAOdsbreaker.com, YouTube, SoundCloud, 
uh, iTunes, Spotify, everywhere you guys listen to podcasts, but we prefer when you come on and join us 10 a.m. Tuesday morning, 10 a.m. Eastern, and Thursday morning I do Bellator previews here as well, and if there's no Bellator, I'll break down the news, but I am doing the show on Thursday, Cole. I'll be breaking down this week's Bellator card, which is a great card, by the way, Cole. I'm looking forward to that one uh, a lot, so definitely check that out. MAOsbury.com is my home, guys. BJPen.com, MARings.net, and Odds.com, that's my latest uh, website, and I just did something on Mike Tyson and Roy Jones Jr. today, so definitely check that out. Hope you guys have a great couple days, and I'll be back on Thursday to talk some more. And man, have a good one. Bye.